Hello and welcome to the fourth official's EPL and World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Tottenham fan, top of the table fan, Dr. Pete. Uh, Dr. Pete, Arsenal won this weekend, but then they lost today. Champions League match, um, so Ken is not on the pot again. Shocker. No one is surprised. Yeah, although I think he would like to be on this pod because Manchester United lost twice in the last four days to horrible Yeah, where are James and losses. Ken after the week that Man United had? You know, I think the worst part... They would be having a field day on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, Ken definitely would. I think he uh, really didn't like the way we were uh, we're at the end of last season where we were so condescending the whole season about Arsenal and then we were so right so I think Ken has kind of pent up anger from that and with United basically being Chelsea this year um, you know he's taking all the shots he can and I, yeah, I, I get it I get it he's you know, always teams been on top. Uh, a United yeah to be fair well the sad part is what I was going to say is uh while Ken, you know, his team's been bad for, like, 20 years, um, James is, like, getting to a point now where, like, he doesn't really care about Manchester United anymore. That's the worst. Uh, yes, that's what I was going to say. You just shrug your shoulders. Yeah, like, he... Some of the comments in the chat are, like, so benign, and he'll say things like, oh, like, oh, that's just bad, you know. He said... That's that's tough or something like that. Like that's him saying that to me after United fell apart today, and like that's not good. No, I don't that's want not him. Good at all. No. When, when James is dialed back, that means your team is on the edge of relevance. It's not good. Exactly. I mean, like Hoyland scored today. He's like nice goal, and then as the collapse was happening, didn't really say much. Just like wows and ews, and that made it worse. Speaking, Speaking of James, honest. do you think he's avoiding us i feel like he he works so much now do you think he uses work as an excuse to not hang out with us anymore um yes he still likes us yeah i mean i think part of it is that he's he used to want to spend time with us tom (laughs) well his team's in cruise control even though they lost this weekend um they've won every match for like the last, I mean, how many? Ma- when's the last time they lost before this weekend? They they haven't. They haven't lost any meaningful matches in like. When was it? Seriously, they've won all their cup matches. It was like the Carabao Cup of last year or something. Well, they they lost twice this week. They lost yeah. to Newcastle in the Carabao Cup. Yes, this is the first time, and they probably haven't had lost two matches two in semi- a row in it's, years. Pep hasn't lost two matches in a week since, like, 2011. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of interesting things happened this weekend. Um, We don't have to to start with Manchester City. We will actually start with the Tottenham-Liverpool match, Pete, which almost was able to take the sting out of the Manchester United loss until United managed to lose this weekend. But it actually created a narrative, or I should say what do you say, enhance the narrative that was already going on this season about refereeing. Um, we'll get to it. We'll get to that part of it. But let's start with the overall game, which was Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1. Um, you guys managed to score early. Sun is back early enough. 
anyway, after a red card was given, a clear red card, by the way, that Curtis Jones foul, right? Clear red card. I said it was um, questionable because he rolled over the ball. I know I understand what people are saying, but to me it wasn't as clear as the one where he kicked um, Oliver Skip in the head in May and didn't get a yellow <laughs> card or a red card. That's true, but at the same time, I watch Casemiro and he is given a red whenever there is any kind of like doubt and he had a play exactly like that uh chaka had some plays like that back when uh arsenal's picking up all the red cards in the world but they go over top of the ball and through but that's a red card yeah and and i think that um you know when you watch him go over to the screen Mm -hmm. the, the freeze frame they have is his leg like buckling basuma's leg in the middle of yeah. the shin so yeah, that's yeah, what you're yeah. staring at and you're like oh okay well this is going to be a red card for sure because it, it looks 10 times worse when you slow it down but i've this is one where you you see it given you see it not given probably 50 50 mm-hmm. um joda's was much steeper. easier yeah the double yellow. yellow card was was really dumb Coming on as a sub and getting two yellows in like five Not to mention, like and they were pissed off because they thought the first one, Yudogi tripped over himself, which I you couldn't really tell by looking at it. Maybe he did, but like a minute before he got his second yellow card, he had another yellow card he should have gotten against Basuma. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, like, it's on them anyways. And, and, you know, credit to Liverpool for putting together a nice game plan despite being down a man um and even when they went down two men they still had a good game plan they they were going to get a point out of this and had an opportunity to actually take all three points yeah they so, actually played really really well other than the mm-hmm. the red cards um when it was 11 on 11 i was watching them pass through our press and i was like this team is better than us i just you know, you kind of have that realization. You're like, this team just has more good players. They mm-hmm. play better together as a team. And it felt like we could win, but I still felt like they were a superior team. They went down to 10 men, and Klopp is very good at shifting his tactics when he goes down a man. You watch them. They yeah. shift Salah um, into the middle, and mm-hmm. they changed up their formation a little bit and just – unleashed blistering counterattacks and it was it was basically like even game once it was 11 to 10 I think Liverpool on top when it was 11 on 11 mm-hmm. and then even when they went down to nine men they st- were still playing defense and not they, they again shifted where they brought a third center back on for like the last five minutes to see it out and mm-hmm. we were just like knocking the ball around aimlessly crossing it into their three huge center backs just didn't have an answer so they actually played really well um yeah that's one of the best games i've ever seen played by uh first a a 10-man team and then probably the best i've ever seen a nine-man team play yeah i was so frustrated when we were playing against nine men i was like come on man we got a two-man advantage at home creating basically nothing and we did have to pull off Sun and um, Madison because they were both carrying Knox, but mm-hmm. once they went out, we didn't create anything until Joel Matip uh, kicked in his own goal. Um, <laughs> Great finish. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like Liverpool, they're, they're a very good team. They um, are. I don't know why they're 
getting so many stupid red cards, but they have a good coach. They've brought in good good players. I think they are still fragile at the back, which which could certainly cost them. Um, these red cards missing these guys, I think they could drop some points against Brighton this weekend because they're going to be missing a few. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be they're going to be up there. Um, I think if not challenging for the title, certainly favorites to be in the top two. Yeah, I think we're seeing the bounce back. Uh, one limiting factor for Liverpool though is that they're playing on Thursdays. Like it's not a joke. You know, like we joke about it. It is kind of a joke. Okay, let me take that back. It is a joke. <laughs> because the Europa League official account that's on Twitter keeps posting Liverpool things. Like Liverpool fans, you ready for today? They are totally trolling Liverpool. And they're getting a million likes for it. So I, I know why they're doing it. It is a little bit of a joke that Liverpool is playing on Thursdays. But that actually is going to, I think, help them in that you can completely punt Europa. If they punt Europa, I guess. If they don't punt Europa, then it's a problem. Yeah, I feel like every team says they're going to punt Europa. And then they get into the knockout games and you see like their regular dudes playing on yeah, that's true. And Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think they've ever won Europa. Um, so I'm sure they'll they'll give it a go once they get further no, into the season. I don't think they have. No, I don't think they have. No, they have a, they have what six Champions Leagues, but I do not think they have Europa League. Um, yeah, I, I think they look really good early, and I think one of the big things is Jota's healthy for one thing. I know in this game he came on as a sub, but him being a, a rotational option, it moves Nunez down the list. And so you now have Diaz, Gagpo, Salah, and Jota, who make up a really interesting attack. Guys who are multifaceted, can pass. In, in, yeah, it can pass. They all have pace. And Gagpo is starting to find his finishing form. Um, and, of course, Salah, that, that form never left for him. So I, I think their attack is really interesting on the counter. Um, despite not having a real defensive midfielder, they are getting by with um, Sosbozlai has been excellent so far. McAllister's doing his, you know, doing his job, and Jones is fine. Like they, they've been able to paper over the cracks. They're going to allow goals, but their their offense is once again really dangerous. Yeah, I think they're easily the best counterattacking team in the league. Yeah, and every time they um, play through our press, is just like hold your breath, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I. I it, it was it was sort of humbling the first thirty minutes watching mm-hmm. them play us, and then we were fortunate getting the red card, and then it evened up, and then uh, we can go over the offsides yeah. nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I, I can count yeah. on one finger the time I felt bad for Liverpool fans. Exactly. this might be the only one. This is the only one for me as well. Like I, I, I <laughs> feel like a lot of times Liverpool gets really soft pens, especially with Salah playing. Uh, he is just ready to go down at any time, and I think that they've had a lot of uh, benefits in the last few years. They get the most penalties or close to it, uh, especially per touch in the box. They're way up there, um, and yeah, I, I haven't really felt bad for them, but in this situation, the ball came through from Salah, I think. I'm yeah. trying to remember who actually put the ball through. I think Salah put it through, and then um, Diaz was yeah, Diaz was the one finishing the ball, he comes through and scores, and it's immediately chalked off. The flag goes up immediately. They say it's no goal. They go back on VAR, 
and they have released the audio since this happened so we understand everything that happened the lines were drawn and it was very clear that uh he was onside diaz is onside and the the back defender's back leg i think was about a, a separating inch or whatever yeah, it wasn't close he was, was on separate by like he was onside two or three feet ball goes through the referees are talking it through. You can hear the audio because they released it. And the referees are saying, okay, yeah, back line. Okay, looks good. All right, looks good. Yeah, looks good. That's what they all say. And then they just continue with the game. No, and, and that's, a you know, I, I understand what happened there. There's like a communication. Nobody said the, enough words in a sentence to say, hey, yes, that looks like offside. Or, hey, he looks onside. That's a goal. Nobody said that. That's probably well, the crew chief's It was also fault. the human error of the main VAR guy yes. saying that the check was complete. Yes, that's in what I'm addition, saying. In addition to the lack of communication to the other dudes. Well, all the communication not, was wrong. Yeah, all the, the communication. It sounded like they a bunch did of dudes hanging out words. in a basement somewhere <laughs> that had never worked together before. Yes, and don't understand how important it is to use the correct language. Um, I mean, you're in ORs. Like, it's important to get your language correct when you're asking for things deliberately, when you're going through something that's a high-stress high event, especially if there's any kind of time control over it. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm glad they don't release the um, audio from my <laughs> OR. Can we get some audio from your OR? Uh, what's what's <laughs> no. that, Jim? I don't know. Yeah. Let's cut it and see. Oh my god, huh? it's bleeding. <laughs> Does anybody see my watch? <laughs> um, yeah, so bottom line is the the VAR ref and the ref on the field, they're like, okay, check, yep, yep, check complete, yep. And that's the way it went. It was like, yeps, and okays. And then and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so then they start playing the game, and then you hear the, the ref after like 10 seconds like, hey, wait, what? Hey guys, uh-huh, wait. And, then, and then the VAR uh-huh. ref says, nothing you can do about it, nothing you can do about it, it's too late. Or, no, he goes, oh shit. Oh, uh, they bleeped okay. it out in the, in the feed that I had, but I did hear they swore. Yeah. And then they're like, it's 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 too late. It's too late. It's and too late. The, the main dude called in from the hub and was like, hey, yeah. you guys got it wrong, but I guess... said delay the game. According to the yeah, laws, they... you can't reverse it at that point, but they really should have... Try, stop the game, figure out if there was any way they could give the goal at that point, which they didn't. I, I am waiting all around. for somebody to step up in these situations, like the situation in the Villa game a few years ago where uh, the ball's over the line and none of the, um, the, the ball line technology didn't work or whatever, the goal line technology. Oh, when Sheffield got united, Sheffield got, 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 got relegated, relegated because of it? <laughs> yes. I'm waiting for a referee to step up like in a situation like this Okay, the game started again. It was like 10 seconds. The ball had gone out for a throw-in again already. I'm waiting for a ref to step up and be like, you know what? No. Like, this is a mistake. That's a goal. And I will take the beating that will come with going against the regulation of restarting play again and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm going to go back because this is an egregious error that cost a team a goal. A goal which is a deciding goal in a game that at the end of the year will probably matter in between the top four spots or even the top spot. And I th- I'm waiting for the referee to just be like, you know what, I'll take the bullet. You guys, uh, if, if the referees association wants to beat me up and suspend me for playing on or, or for calling that goal going back, they can do that. But it's better than doing this. 
which is yeah. making a huge mistake and just being like, oh, can't do anything about it. You know, like, <laughs> that's unacceptable. Yeah, and nobody lost their job that we know of. I mean, how long no, the they'll was probably that? suspend them. I, and it's worth noting too. You know, Ken does a good job of making sure that we understand exactly uh, what all the shortcomings are with the English um, from their diets <laughs> and etc. Uh, but but you know, you don't hear about this in Germany or Spain. Um, and not that we follow those leagues terribly closely, but they those situations you don't have do that come much up. of it in Champs League. No, you don't get it in champs. That's what I'm saying. None of these other yeah. places are having these egregious errors, and it is 100% the the English that it's the English FA their philosophy on how they handle this stuff where they're totally protecting each other, but then they also have like a a stiff back, you know, where they're just like nope, I'm not going to I'm not going to look backwards, you know, like I this is the way it is. Sorry. Yeah. This is the way it is. We're the boss and that's it. Yeah, and not to what... mention this. Did you read that this crew was over in the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, refing a match two days before? Yes, I did know that. Getting a big paycheck, going Eight over hour to the Saudi League from there. You know, coming back here and then making a mistake like that, you just look. I mean, so it's stupid. It's bad optics, but the bottom line really is the same. It's such a bad mistake. And afterwards, Liverpool came out and they said. You know, oh well. Let me say, but first, the refereeing association came out and said there was a massive human error. Right? That was the first statement that was released. That doesn't do anything. That's because it looked like it was a, uh, like it could be a betting fraud case. Yeah, <laughs> it still could be. It still, you still could, could be. find that out because it's it's hard to explain. Yeah, but a- after that, Liverpool came out and released a statement that just said, like, basically, go after yourself. You know what I mean? Like thank you for acknowledging the air what are you going to do about it and then they appealed the red card for uh curtis jones which i thought was a little silly but yeah, you know that got turned down they i think they were just trying to build up like just their frustration was like well we're, we're, we got to do something you know um and uh that appeal was denied today so jones is out for three days as well so yeah i mean in the end tottenham wins two to one um, Joel Matip scores a goal in the 96th minute at the opposite end. Um, Tottenham was countering. The game was in the balance, which is really saying something for Liverpool to be two men down and have the game be in the balance like that. Um, but Matip smacks a top corner, a brutal loss, just a heartbreaking loss for Liverpool. Have you ever seen a more heart-crushing og in a regular season game? I mean, just... Yeah, probably. Probably, I, I, probably. I just have. I'd have to think about it. Like a back pass that goes in the net late, that that could be. I, I think probably because it was one of those balls that was fizzed in, and he was trying to clear it out, and it goes top bins. Like, yeah, I know. It's more the circumstances I've, of nine guys heroically. Yeah, heroically keeping defend, us at bay, frustrating well. us after yeah. getting screwed at every turn. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you want to hear something really bad? I just realized this as I'm looking up uh, the table here. If Liverpool had won that game. And who's to say if they were going to win it or not, they'd be in first place. Yeah. Well, you know, at some point there's going to be a mistake from these dummies that cost somebody the title. Yeah. And I think we're on the edge of that. I mean, last year you could have argued that, I mean, if Arsenal had made it closer at the end, there was a call that went against Arsenal. That was really egregious. Um, Don't tell Ken I said that. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, you, you, you had that, and then you had, in other games, there were terrible, terrible errors. There was, a, there was an error in the United game, which we can talk about a little bit, but I don't think that's why United lost, whereas in this case, Liverpool probably did lose because of that error. Um, completely changes the game, but it's been the last few weeks where they just repeated mistakes, no clarity on the, the dumb uh, handball rule. Uh, just like you can't make these kind of errors though the logistical like oops we drew the wrong line or oops we didn't see that player that was over there on the sideline like yeah that's you, like you a can't minimum do that <laughs> you just can't you know like it and it's, the, it's embarrassing the, the worst part is you really can't see what's going to fix this problem no you can't there's not you a know whole bunch mentality. of referees coming up who are going to be better and they're the no. ones who are running the VAR and you know Same that group. the English will never take away the English referees. They will never go to, like, majority robots or something. They'll never do that. Like, Germany might. If this if these mistakes were happening in Germany, they'd just be, like, they'd be logical about they'd it. Bring okay, in the we're, robots. Just, we're bringing in the robots because we're German. <laughs> and, like, that's how that's what solves the problem. Like, La, La Liga is the same way as, as England, where they won't make that kind of change, even though La Liga right now is in it with this refereeing scandal that just keeps unfolding from Barcelona. Uh, who knows how deep that goes? We, we don't have a, enough, uh, we don't have enough information right now to really get into it, but that's not looking good. Um, <laughs> but the English uh, refereeing, they're just going to back them up. You know, they're, they're just, they just kind of like, Oh, you know, no biggie. Liverpool fans have every right to be furious, but Pete, you guys are still undefeated. Oh, Two yeah. and one win. And- Three you points. know, I like the people that come out and say, oh, Tottenham's, they're celebrating. They they, they want a <laughs> trophy or something. It's like, you know, give me a break, man. These fans pay a lot of money to come to these games. And to beat one of your main rivals in the 96th minute, I don't care if, you yeah. know, it was the dumbest goal in the universe. Me like, either. It's three points. three points. It's a win. Huge win. You know, however you got those three points. But, you know celebrate it's fine yeah, especially especially as somebody you and me now especially this year for me but you last year somebody who had three has had three points taken away because of mistakes from your own team or like offsides and stuff like that like you know what it feels like to have the, oh, the yeah. winning feeling taken out of you um and so when you get the breaks going your way the luck going your way like you, you celebrate. You take your three points and you don't look back. I mean, you, you, you make the point that, yeah, the, the refs should have made better calls, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, this kind of stuff generally evens out a little bit, or at least you've been on the bad end of it. So three points, you know, three points. Yeah. I think and I'm excited. Our uh, our schedule is we got Luton next weekend, then mm-hmm. Fulham Palace, uh, Chelsea at home, Wolves, Villa. And then we play City, so, you know, we will be favored probably in all six of those matches. Some of them are a little bit tricky matches, but yeah, um, nice slate of games coming. We got through um, Man United and um, mm-hmm. Arsenal as well as this game and came out with seven points. <laughs> yeah. And if you told me that at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't all draw them off. You just take the points, you know, like you're, you're trying to put together a new scheme. You're putting together a new system, playing a new way. You take your points. That's all that really matters. 
Um, One other thing I'd like to say about, we didn't talk much about the Tottenham players, and there were some guys who had some really good games, but um, our back four last year was one of the worst back fours in the leagues, in the league in terms of um, defending or contributing to the attack. And this year, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying it's the best back four, but it is a really dynamic back four, fun to watch. Um, Poro's really come around. He, you know, whipped in that cross into no man's land that Matip skied into yeah. the upper 90s. That was a great cross, yeah. Yeah, and um, he has just wrestled the job away from Royale. He's been fine defensively, which which I was really worried about. Um, Van de Ven and Romero have been a great pair running that high line. Van de Ven's speed, man. He's fast, yeah. I mean, Super he fast. is – catch-up pace is just silly i mean for a guy that's 6-4 to yeah. not be like looking like a stork uh it, but to be a smooth runner is, is yeah and, and it, we play such a high line that mm-hmm. he m- makes it all click um and yudogi looks like he's been playing in the prem for years like i said before he he's handled salah and saka very well um, yeah so and it's and like night and day today, last year and, and clever play from Udogi as well. Uh, those little things, they are annoying as opposing fans when guys feel a foul and drop, but that got Jota sent off. You know, like yeah. understanding the guy behind you, you've beaten him, he's going to reach out, and then taking the contact and dropping. Like yeah. It's annoying, like I said, as an opposing fan, but it, it wins games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Tottenham sitting up top with Manchester City, one point underneath, tied with Arsenal. Um good start for Tottenham let's go to the Manchester United game Pete their start is not been good um I don't like to play the same team twice in in a week yeah by the way it's a trap I hate doing that it's a trap <laughs> total trap especially when United the first game United dog walked Palace in the um Carabao Cup game by the way do you know how many home ties that United have had in a row for domestic cup ties I give up. At Old Trafford, 12 in a row. What? 12 draws in a row Manchester United has played at Old Trafford between the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. 12 in a row. <laughs> which is Did unbelievable. Did someone look into that? Uh, no, no one cares because uh, we are not doing anything with it beyond winning the Carabao Cup last year. Um, but we're still in it this year as we crushed Crystal Palace. I mean, we beat the living crap out of Palace. They looked like they were luring us to sleep. Like, they played so badly in the midweek Carabao Cup match. And they did sit, like, three or four of their best players. Uh, and they put brought them on later. But United looked like they had figured it out, even though there's a lot of injuries. There are a lot of injuries. United looked like they had figured uh, it out. Palace just rope-a-dope to you. They were just scouting We got you completely and utterly <laughs> rope-a-doped absolutely without a doubt in my mind that Roy Hodgson just punted that game played tactics that he was not going to play um not that their tactics really won them the game um on Saturday but I mean we kicked the living crap out of Palace Garnacho scores Casemiro scores even Anthony Martial scores I mean I think that was all their plan was to let Martial score you know, lose three zip to, to in the Carabao Cup, and then they show up on Saturday. They play a perfect block, which United has the hardest time breaking down, and has for 
I mean, I people think both teams like too. There's years. really not many teams that can break down a good, low a good block, block team. Yeah, and United when they they're playing a low block team and then they let up an early goal, it, it's just it's infuriating. Um, I actually thought that United passed around well. Uh, you know, seventy-seven percent possession. 19 shots, four on target. That's a game. You give me those stats, you're going to win nine out of 10. But the way that United has been playing and the way that the breaks have been going for them, and that's partly form, that's guys not being confident. There's a little bad luck in there, but you should beat Crystal Palace without luck. And yes, there was a ball played over the top that landed in the box and the Crystal Palace defender had his arms out and was facing away from the ball and the ball hit him in the hand that is a penalty kick now it's been a penalty kick it's stupid i don't like it as a penalty kick i never have guys that don't know what's like where the ball is shouldn't be called for a penalty you shouldn't be called for a penalty unless you are blocking the goal in my opinion i don't want to see these crosses and stuff anyway that being said it is a penalty kick now hits the guy in the hand clear as day and var does nothing they did not acknowledge it they did they did go back and look at it they saw that it hit the hand there's no brushing it hit the hand and dropped and it didn't make its way to its target because it hit a hand that should have been a penalty kick still you're playing against crystal palace you have to win the game like that that can go against you that can't be your only chance like your only real chance in the game and united just fluffed their lines 50 times you know there's another offside goal still beat Crystal Palace, when they lost this game, um, they just kept crossing balls in. They had no answers. They were totally frustrated. They lost this game. And then they rolled into... Would you rather uh, have won the Carabao Cup match or the league game? The league game. Because it would have meant more for momentum. We really desperately need momentum right now. And we needed we needed those points. If, if United win that match, they're in seventh place, which doesn't sound like anything, but they're, they're, they're entering tonight's Champions League match with a little bit of momentum, and maybe things go differently. But because of losing this weekend, um, United roll in playing Galatasaray, who has not won a home Champions League match, has not scored in, 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 in an away Champions League match, in eight matches has not scored an away goal they're in the champions league every year because they're in turkey and there's no teams there they have not won away in the champions league in 17 matches 17 and they won today three to two and in 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 truly a spectacular collapse from united um actually there's nothing else to say halftime and uh was just watching the game and texting you guys, and I was like, "Wow, this game is crazy." Yes, like, and the reason did it was anybody crazy, remember how to defend? No, the reason it was crazy is because of the defending. It's like United scored first, which was such a big deal to score first. They scored first. Hoyland with a nice finish. He actually had a sensational game. Hoyland yeah, did. He was um, exceptional. Terrific header, vintage United cross in, but then they let up a crappy bouncing ball that that Dalot couldn't handle Delo couldn't handle against Zaha got bodied off the ball goal one shot one goal but United took it in the face 
took a few minutes to get back on kilter, and then they started really dominating the game, passing the ball around. Hoyland was Hoyland scored and had it chalked off again, for, rightfully offside, but brilliant finish again. Yeah, like nice they, finish. United looked dangerous. It looked like another goal was coming, and it looked like it was going to be their night, and they just didn't score again. They just couldn't get those goals before the what half. What about the like Rash- Rashford pass to yeah. Bruno? When he was that was after goal. halftime. It was after halftime when Erickson came on and just started spraying balls around like Paul Scholes. Like, Erickson looked brilliant. Popped the ball over the top. Rashford's in the clear by 15 yards. Coming in at an angle from the right, so it's not... His shooting foot would have had to be his left there. But uh, Bruno was busting his hump to get up. But so were the defenders. And Rashford yeah. was in alone Rashford and decided to pass, pass that ball, the ball once last year. And neither does no. any lethal striker. They don't pass that ball. Unless no. if Bruno is like wide open, 10 yards yeah, in front of the guy. Yeah, but he wasn't. And all the defenders were chasing. Yeah. But he passed it because all week they've been showing clips of Rashford from the Crystal Palace game dribbling and shooting instead of passing to Hoyland, who was open. They keep showing it. It was in his head. He doesn't pass the ball. Um, and, you know, United still went up 2-1. to one. Hoyland with another uh, fantastic goal, picks up the ball before the half and dribbles sprints through the entire just straight ahead nobody goes anywhere near catching him it's really and hard to sprint 60 yards with the ball it's so nobody hard catch you. yes because you, when you're dribbling you have something to do and the defenders running back don't he and books he it had in the, he had perfect the perfect angle on him too mm-hmm. perfect like dink finish and it looked like united were going to going to come through this because galatasaray really wasn't doing anything they had one shot up to that point one shot one goal and they weren't really doing anything. And then it started coming unglued. Um, their first goal was kind of off a mistake of Onana, but the second goal definitely was off a mistake of Onana. He kicked the ball to the other team, um, and they scored again. And it was so easy. It looked United, like David De Gea you could was feel the sweat between yeah. the sticks. And you could feel <laughs> the sweat coming down from United. Uh, and then he makes another pass. That gets picked off, and Casemiro, I guess, thought that it was a Champions League final, and this goal had to be prevented no matter what. Even though it was two to two, and United was totally outplaying, they were at home, they were outplaying Galatasaray, and they were going to get the result. But Casemiro, who is already on a yellow, slides through the back of Martins. It's a PK. It's another yellow card. He's sent off. They actually missed the PK. Horrible first PK. red card of. Uh... Champs League career for Cass. Yes, and like the fifth of his Manchester United career in like 30 <laughs> matches. Unbelievable. I think you should sit. Like, I think you're at a certain point where you're like, okay, we can't trust you anymore. Like, you just keep getting red cards. That was such an idiotic play. I get it. It was really dumb. And the guy but, baited him into it. It was so yeah. obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, you just have to go through... Let that goal happen, you know, because you still have a chance. You're outplaying them, you're at home, but then when you get the red card, you make it so hard for your team, you know. And uh, Galatasaray scored just seconds later uh, after missing the penalty kick. Go up 3-2, to two, and United looks so defeated and so just agitated. Uh, they lose here. Galatasaray's first win in the Champions League in 17 matches, and United are fully in crisis mode. They have five losses so far this season um in all comps in nine matches i think um and of course their carabao cup 
run makes for two of those wins. So now United is fully in crisis mode. They play a good bright a Brentford team coming up, and I think you have to make changes. I think, you know, you, you have to figure out how to stop letting up goals because all of these goals are, like, wide open. And, and sure, like, Onana passed the ball away twice, so that's going to set that up. But the other attacks that came through, they almost scored, like, three or four times besides that. Yeah, you Even though they didn't have any shots. Your back line was all over the place. And I understand that, is it a Rambat? Is that how you pronounce uh, it? Amrabat? Yeah, he... Amrabat, I think so. I know he's your fifth choice left back, but... Yeah. He was atrocious today. Yeah, he was. Like, all over the place. And Lindelof was following his dude, like, 30 yards into midfield, leaving this big That was hole. bizarre. Mm-hmm. And Veron... It was like they'd never played together before, which they probably haven't, all four of those guys. <laughs> Dallow was awful. Yeah, they haven't. Yeah, I think that's definitely true, but I think we're at a point now where we've allowed so many goals that you're at the Jose Mourinho point where you, now you drop two DMs in and you say, you know what, like we may draw every game 0-0 for a while, but to stem the tide, we have to play two defensive midfielders and stop allowing goals, get your confidence back in your defense, because right now you have allowed 11 goals in seven Premier League matches, you've allowed... Uh, I think it's seven goals in two Champions League matches, one of which was at home. You're just leaking goals. You have to now drop them back. I think you pull a kid up to play left back. You you put Amrabat and Casemiro at your defensive midfielders, and you say, all right, Rashford, Hoyland, and Bruno, and whoever's going to play right wing, you guys go score. We just have to stop allowing goals. Like We cannot continue to push forward and shipping these easy opportunities. Yeah, um, Brentford's tricky too yeah and they smoked us last year when we were out of sorts um so it's worrisome it's brentford and then it's sheffield and then it's copenhagen at home and then it's city at home um you need to win all the games up to the city match you have to win all those games because then it's newcastle chelsea who knows what chelsea will look like then you know like you got a lot of games coming up against teams um that you need to beat and you have to start now like you need to make a big change and yeah, drop into a defensive really formation tough, uh, December yeah well I mean that's why you play the game so you gotta pull yourself together a very very disappointing week uh, for United but Pete um, the other side of Manchester just as disappointed as they lost both their games this week so far Manchester City loses to Jenkman's Wolves team 2-1. Big old win for the Wolves. And I thought City just looked bad in this one. Yeah, I think uh, there's a case to be made for Rodri being the most valuable player on their team. Yeah. Because they looked a bit lost without him in the middle of the pitch. And um, Ake (laughs) just got run through with a sword this game yeah um pretty pretty incredible performance from from the wolves uh to keep uh city out but um just a a really flat performance from from city definitely not what you'd expect from them well just i mean they were there are long overdue to have a performance like this they really have have not broken a sweat in a game in a long time 
um, going into that Carabao Cup match against Newcastle. They just haven't. And, I mean, they were they, they won their first six league games. Hoyland's still scoring at will. Excuse me, Holland's still scoring at will. Like, they're still scoring all their goals, and it's just like, all right, what do we do next? It felt like they were going to run through it, and then Newcastle beats them in the midweek in the Carabao Cup, which was a, a closely contested game, but um, City rotated. So, you know, it was like, all right, whatever. City lost the Carabao Cup last year early, and it didn't make a difference. But then to lose to Wolves, there's no panic. Don't get me wrong. There's no panic. But it was nice to see them human, you know? <laughs> they do play Arsenal away this weekend, so you might see um, three losses in four games. Yeah. I think we'll have to go out of our way. I know James said he's going to be in China if I have to record at like 9 a.m., I will do that. If this game ends up being like interesting in any way, shape, or form, he needs to grow up and take a uh, microphone with him. Because what's he doing in his off time when he's not working in China? Nothing. 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 So There's no friends. Yeah. No, no friends in China. No way. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, so I mean, City fall flat. First time that both teams have lost in Manchester since 2013, which is actually kind of surprising. That's crazy. That's because United City win every game, not because you... yeah, that yeah, it's not because of us. <laughs> exactly. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, that's half a stat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's another thing. Um, I was ranting to someone, maybe Joey, but I was saying like you're like Manchester United. The, Jamie Carragher, Carragher was saying that United is a European giant and for them to lose, we're not a European giant anymore. All right? Like, that was 11 years ago. It's been 11 years since we've competed in the Champions League, really. It's been a long time. Like, we're not that team anymore. We are a different team completely, and none of that stuff matters to me. Like, we've been pretty mediocre slash bad for a long time with a few seasons here or there that were like, you know, good seasons. Last year and Ole's, one of Ole's years and, and a Mourinho year. But mostly United have been mediocre. Yeah, so, people do give too much reverence to history. Same thing with Juventus. It's like, oh, they're yeah. this incredible team. It's like, they haven't no. been good in Europe. Haven't won champs in yes. ever, right? Juventus? Maybe once. Oh, they've won, they've won champs. They certainly haven't won uh, in 20 yeah, in years. Yeah, in the late 90s, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not 20 years. Yeah, definitely. Not 20 years because Buffon never never got it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, your past doesn't matter anymore. Manchester United is not Manchester United from 11, 12 years ago. We are not them. We are a different team with a different Fergie's identity. Gone. What? Fergie's gone. Yeah, it's a different identity, and it's not a good identity. We've lost... <laughs> so much more um we are in a, in a, def, a definitive time period of mediocrity um and city is on top they Do were not on top of this game if you guys sorry to get back to united but um yeah if you guys get knocked out of champs league early do you think that ten hog may be in trouble i don't think he's in trouble Let's when say we, you're six if we get knocked out if we get knocked out early in champs, um, and then our league position is below the top four, then yes, I think he is genuinely in trouble if we don't finish in the top four or make a Champions League spot. 
because there might be an extra Champions League spot. If we do not make champs and this this we like crash out of the Champions League, which is not a, a, a given because no, no one else has any advantage. Uh, Copenhagen and Galatasaray don't have an advantage. Bayern, you know, they're going to get through. But if we beat Copenhagen and Galatasaray and they tie each other again, I mean, you know, we, we should be through. I mean, anyways. I think you have to, you're going to have to win away at Galatasaray. Yes, which is very or hard to do. Minimum one point. Minimum, but probably. I think you have to win. I think to get through, you have to beat them. You have to beat Copenhagen twice, probably. And you're going to lose to Bayern. But, uh, yeah, I I think, to answer your question, if he's out of the top four, um, or it doesn't make Champions League, and this is is the showing for that, um, that, yes, I think he's in trouble. I don't think you could ditch him anywhere near any time soon, especially with uh, all the injuries. You don't, but... uh, uh, Back to the quick celebration for, for Wolves. Ruben Diaz scores an own goal, and then um, the definitive goal was scored by um, Huang Hee Chan, which was kind of funny because in the midweek, Pep was going through his paces of sucking the other team off like he does every single uh, press conference that he has where he tells everyone <laughs> how great they are. It doesn't matter who they are. They're the greatest team ever, and he'll pick out players and be like, have you seen this guy? He's amazing. It's like, okay, bro, like just stop. Well, this time he went through all the attacking players of Wolves who have, you know, the strikers have scored like two goals last year. (laughs) Seriously, all their strikers combined had two goals, two league goals. And he was saying, oh, yeah, like they have uh, really good players up there. There's that Korean guy. He's pretty good. And then the Korean guy scores the definitive goal that that beats them. Um, I guess I'll make it really simple. Any worry for City at all? Two losses in a row complacency what do you is there anything to it yet no not unless Rodri gets injured I think this game just these games prove his importance the drop off in their team when he's out of lineup is significant and surprising you know because they have so many other good players and they have such a good system um how about Erling Holland only having eight goals through seven matches Pete as he fails to score again here Bum, Amazing. Bum, 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 Must bum. be injured. Bum. How about yeah, Neto he's... in this game, by the way? He's <laughs> he's got to be uh, destined for better things. We'll he's see. Terrific. Uh, he he shows flashes. Uh, a lot of those Wolves guys show flashes, but the bottom line for Wolves is just getting three points. Um, like we said, uh, that's that's huge for them. There's going to be a lot of really bad teams at the bottom of the table, and oh, these God. are the kind of wins that will uh, make sure that they they stay up. But uh, Another team that won, Pete, we, we touched on it briefly. Arsenal smokes Bournemouth for nothing uh, away, which is a nice win for them. Saka scores. Odegaard scores. They gave Kai Havertz the uh, pity penalty. No, as a pity penalty. <laughs> they gave yeah. it to him for goal number three. Um, he scored, and immediately, like, the Arsenal fans were trying to erase the uh, narrative that he sucks. And oh, he got the a, monkey off his back, dude. Yeah, they're like, oh well. He's I didn't got realize more goals it was a. I didn't realize it was a pen. That's all. Yeah, pity pen. He's probably third in the list, and they're like, ah, eh, we're up two nothing. I don't think take... he was third on the list, dude. <laughs> 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 he's not third on the list. Like, I think Declan Rice would take it over him. Jesus probably Odegaard. Yeah, I mean, I think Zimchenko would probably take it over him. Anyway, I mean, Ar- Arsenal Cruises for you. Four zip. Um, mm-hmm. so Saka 
limps off early in the Tottenham game. Limps off yes. early in the Bour- Bournemouth game. Yes. You're playing City on, or you're playing City this weekend. Would mm-hmm. you start him in the midweek? No. So definitely that he not. hobbles off for the third straight game in a row, which no. he did today. No. I wouldn't either, Thomas. There's no reason to play him because this game they had today, they could afford to lose, which they did do exactly. um, against Lens. It's an away game. You already won your first game, uh, and you know you can beat Lens at home. You, this this is the perfect time to rest a player who has a knock, and they didn't, and Saka limps off. Doesn't limp off. Third game in a row. Non-contact injury off the ball, and they are worried. I've never seen a player... Um, be come off three times in three games injured like he's yeah. just not playing that third game it's crazy yeah. it's not like he so was getting either like the doctors need to be something. fired or Arteta need to be fired like you have to protect the player from himself yeah. it's not Saka's fault like he's gonna say oh yeah I'm good to play it's like dude take a seat you played 83 straight Premier League matches in a row mm-hmm. or whatever it is just run to the ground so now he's probably yeah. not going to be available for the City game, which is huge. Yeah, that's a like big they're one. they're missing Martinelli, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with Martinelli out. I think – I understand the mentality is to qualify first and then take a break, but he's hurt already. It's not like you're – like, oh, maybe, you know, it's not a load management thing. It's that he's hurt. You know, like, we're not taking advantage of this of this game – against a weaker opponent, this guy is actually hurt. And they, I guess maybe they just don't think that they can be as uh, attacking without him, but now you can figure it out because you aren't going to have him for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you're definitely not going to have him for the city match. Um, so, but Arsenal gets the Premier League win four to zero, keeps them up top in the top three tied with uh, Tottenham, but underneath Tottenham, Pete, underneath Tottenham. Is that because uh, of third place? Head? No, it's goal differential. Goal differential is both nine. So what oh, it you're right. It four? Is. It's goals. Goals, goals four. Four. Yeah, sorry. I was seeing a six. Um, but Arsenal, they still strolled through Bournemouth. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend um, against City, who's in a little bit of a lull. It is at Arsenal. So, yeah, I mean, that's the first, to me, that's the first, Huge, huge match of the of the season. Looking at this weekend with Rodri out and Saka out, arguably two top two players or three players on each team. Um, you know, it's a big one. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what's your prediction for that match? Ooh, at Arsenal. Um, I'm gonna go with two to one City. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Yeah, I like two to one. I hate to just agree, but I I can I see, see a draw in this one. It's hard for me to see Arsenal winning without Saka, but I can see a draw. Yeah, and Man City not having Kevin De Bruyne to run through um, after Arsenal tries to man mark uh, Holland out of the game, it limits their options, and they are away. So I, I think. Um, I think I still think two to one. I think Holland is going to break out. He hasn't scored in one game, um, and I think that he'll he'll get his he'll get his just desserts. You realize this winning. game's on um, Sunday, right? It's, I mean, nothing really matters. It's, 
there's going to be sports overload on Sunday. That's why it matters to you. I'm taking one game at a time. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking one game at a time. We have we have the Orioles on Saturday in the afternoon. You're coming up for the game. Bring and Phil. No, we don't even know what time that game is yet. Calvin has a soccer tournament in Harford County. Uh, two games Saturday, at least one game Sunday. Then we have Raven Steelers. We also have, I mean, Manchester United, Brentford's big, but Arsenal versus City, Tottenham Braves, Liverpool Brighton. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Just hit one game at a time. All right. I, I, uh, I, I told Molly a couple weeks ago, I was like, you come up this weekend, but we're just going to be doing sports stuff the whole time, so I don't know if you want to come. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, thankfully, Char usually gives me space on that stuff, uh, as long as it's not a whole bunch of games in a row. Like, Which I, it is I, this weekend? Well, you can't do the, like, you can no longer do, you eight know hours. how Ted sits down and watches <laughs> the eight hours of football on Sunday, you know? Can't or whatever is, like, 12 55. continuous hours. Yeah, it starts at... I mean, now you have the England game, the London game. So, like, NFL is, like, 9 a.m. all the way through, like, 11.30 p.m. Yeah, can't do that anymore when you have kids. But, you know, you pick your spots where you can get them. The United, uh, the Orioles game on Saturday is the priority. Um, hopefully United, if United lose at Brentford, then the season's over and I can just relax. You know, there's no more tension or stress because the season's over. Um, and I'll be in a much better mood, you know? Does it make you it's sad better. that your team really reminds me of Tottenham three years ago, like to a T? No, like because... frustratingly, absolutely No, because maddening. I'm not that far removed from a season like that. I don't need to look at your team. I can look at my <laughs> team. Like, we were crap on a Fair stick. Uh, Ole's end of his tenure and then Ra- the great Ralph Rangnick's tenure. Um, so I don't have to go f- that far back. Um United uh, have been bad frequently, and it's time to put to bed this Manchester United superpower theory um, because they, until proven otherwise, they are a mediocre, I guess above average team if you really look at the table. Um, So, yeah, back to United again. Uh, Real quick, I do want to touch on the Brighton match, Aston Villa-Brighton. Brighton does have this, like, the propensity to lay an egg every now and again it's they just they haven't goals. done it they can leak in goals. a while yeah and they got absolutely skull dragged by villa six to one um villa is the same exact thing in reverse like villa can put these games together where they look like they are a top four contender um which they are right now by the way they have two losses but they have five wins they absolutely destroyed brighton and basically sh- like they, they like scored with almost every shot they took you know like that that's that's what brighton usually does yeah it's what brighton did you guys yeah i mean brighton had way more possession but villa had nine shots on goal and six goals and those goals were nice they were nice finishes um for the most part i mean there was uh there was an augie in there augie always gets his oh man you didn't tell me i didn't know stupion's first name is purvis jeez you know one they never say it Old pervy with the auger. Um, <laughs> but yeah, big blowout, a surprising blowout, and a, an important one for Villa. It helps them stay up there in fifth now, and they're looking 
good again. They had a couple games where they looked they were struggling, but now they're back in the mold of being a dangerous team and just another team that United's going to have to jump over if they want to get back in the top four. Yeah, that's, which is a really that to nice me is, list your, now. is your biggest problem. I think that um, your team teams. will, once you get your guys back from injury, mm-hmm. like you will improve, could go on a run. You know, I could definitely see that. But if you get into too big of a hole like Chelsea already has, it, leapfrogging all these teams is going to be such a challenge because the, the top eight teams are so solid. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just I mean, a buzzsaw. Look at this. Look at this list. I mean, City, Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool. Those are your conventional teams you'd have to jump anyways. But then Newcastle's in eighth right now. Uh, granted, everybody's within a point or whatever. Newcastle's a good team. Jumping them's yeah. going to be difficult. Villa's good. Brighton's good. And West Ham is that team that is, just you know, hanging up there. over, you know, pun- out punching themselves. And don't look now, Pete. Chelsea is one point behind us, and they have a higher goal differential. <laughs> That's going to kill that. you if you drop below them that this weekend. That is going to be... <laughs> I'm going to like be following you around, make sure you're not trying to find a bridge somewhere. Nope, 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 nope. I'll be fine. I got Birdos, I got Ravens, I got Calvin's team, who have lost three in a row, by the way. <laughs> Fire the coach. Desperately. Yeah, desperately uh, need need a result this weekend um but yeah villa beats brighton's face in uh another just game we can mention real quick west ham back on the winning track 2-0 they're they are looking viable um and dangerous especially at home they got their three points it's all that matters and pete maybe maybe the most low-key the most important win of the weekend or lost the weekend actually luton beating everton two to one at everton that's horrible. That is so horrible. Everton, Everton big <sighs> trouble. They are in big trouble, but all these teams are bad. There's five teams at the bottom that are I know, terrible. but Everton's really bad, too. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, losing the Luton, that's one of the teams that they can beat. They can beat Luton. They can beat Burnley. They can beat Bournemouth. They can beat Sheffield. I think everyone else paced them. Except for maybe United. <laughs> United could lay an egg as they do against bottom teams. But Everton needed three points at home. And Luton, it's their first Premier League win ever, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. That's correct. Um, so, yeah. I uh, just wanted to, to note that one. Chelsea won. Shock. Could be the shock of the weekend. Chelsea won their game. Uh, actually, of, of Monday. They beat Fulham. Mudrick scores, gets uh, breaks his duck, and nothing else really to add to that, right? No. Chelsea's congratulations, Chelsea. Schedule coming up. We'll see what they can. You're do bad. Yeah, you're bad, and we don't know when you're going to score again. <laughs> um. Yeah. So overall, bad weekend for Manchester. Your boys get get a big old lucky win can we say that are we allowed to say that i know ken's trying to drive that in like it's a crazy word but very lucky lucky is a thing you know it is a thing in sports so you guys get your win city loses the tight the top is nice and tight after uh seven matches which you like to see so far um even arsenal's in the title race at this point you know 
Anything else to add, Pete, to the weekend? Nothing to add for the weekend. I just have one crazy stat for you. Hit me. So when West Ham won the Europa Conference League um, tournament last year, they were the first team since 2013 that was not one of the big six teams or Leicester who won a European Cup or domestic trophy. Isn't that crazy? Ten years, nobody but the top six in Leicester, or the big six in Leicester, have won any of the cup ties. Cup trophies in England. No FA Cups, no Carabao Cups. All big six teams. Minus Tottenham, they haven't won anything, obviously. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what other leagues would mirror that. I mean, I think in La Liga, like, you get Sevilla and teams like that sometimes that win things. So, not them. Um, I guess Germany's probably like that. They just have... Well, no, because Bayern usually gets knocked out of the uh, German Cup. So, I guess they get different ones. Yeah, that's totally that's totally crazy. But All right, as the as table sits, City on top at 18 points. Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool... Or Tottenham and Arsenal on 17 points. Liverpool, 16. Villa... Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Manchester United in 10th place with nine points after seven games. The worst start in um, in their Premier League history, and I think we're on the worst start in their history. It's close. Four losses in seven is really horrible. But, uh, yeah, Best anything else to add? Names history. Hate you. Anything else to add? Nothing to add. All right, for James, who's on assignment somewhere where there's a beach. That's not China, I don't think. Um, and for Ken Lee, who doesn't show up when Arsenal loses, I'm Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week. Go O's. Go O's. I really want to go back to England. We're watching the Newcastle United documentary, and uh, I just want to go back there and mingle with English people in weird towns. Yeah, I you know I, I was just I was just at, in London. There's and there's London two like, uh, Newcastle fans named the Peets. One's name is Peter and one's name is Pete. I want to go hang out with them. Hang yes. out with the Peets. Yeah, I I was just in London and London feels a lot less like English. It's so cosmopolitan now, and I mean it always was. But it's harder to find those little places. Whereas when we went off into like Manchester or, you know, I've been to Liverpool and Newcastle and places like that, the Englishness is so overwhelming and so fun. <laughs> it's just so much fun. Um, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Manchester it's bars were fun. Yeah. It, it just feels, you know, it's like, a, it's, a, it's like a cool part of the culture. Drinking and being English. <laughs>